deplete you. See, in the valley of dry bones, they were once alive. But they found themselves in a dry, barren place. There's a spirit of dryness. Spirit of... Mm. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There's a drought. And Satan's job is to come and to snatch that life that God wants to breathe on you. But if you don't tap in at this moment, you'll be as the valley of dry bones. You'll be a dead man walking. He said, speak to the dry bones. But he didn't stop at the speaking. He also declared that the wind of God from the four corners of the earth would blow in that the life of God would breathe on the dead bones and then the dead bones would live. So they formed together a body but they had no life until the wind of God blew in them. So the body of Christ has become dry and barren. I believe today, right now, in this moment as God had declared in my ear that this is a moment of dryness. And I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet so that you can be a windmill to receive the wind of God. That the dryness is no more. Come on, lift your hands. Sing that again. Have your way. Have your way.
Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Sing your fire. 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 celebrate his presence if you would come on come on I say celebrate his presence 
something happens when you tell them to send the fire. Things get burnt up. Things get consumed. Consumed. You ask him to send the fire. Hallelujah. Can we celebrate him one more time? Clap your hands real loud. Amen. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Tell your name, so good to see you. You know, there's so many that didn't make it. But you made it. You got to tell your neighbor again, so good to see you. That's a declaration of God's goodness. His mercy that has been extended to you yet again. Tell your neighbor again, it's so good to see you. I don't think you understand the weight and the brevity of that statement. There was some that went to sleep and didn't wake up. Tell your neighbor again, so, so good to see you. There are those who tomorrow is not promised. So we say, see you later. It's a faith declaration. It's a prophetic utterance. I'll see you later. Tell your neighbor, I'll see you later. It's a hard posture to say that God... The person who stands before me, I want to see him again. To speak prophetically over their lives. So that this day won't be their last day. You know, sometimes we rush out of people's lives and we don't make a faith declaration of, see you later. We say goodbye. As though it's finite. It's an end. When we should be saying, see you later. Oh, come on. Tell your neighbor again, prophesy of their life. Say, I'll see you later. Tell your neighbor again, it's so good to see you. <laughs> Y'all starting to get it now. I see smiles arising on your face. Y'all starting to get it. Tell your neighbor again, it's so, so good to see you. It's starting to work. I see it's working in your life. That's hope for tomorrow. When you tell somebody it's good to see you. And I'll see you later. I know I'm belaboring the point. But tell your neighbor one more time. I am so, so, so glad to see you. Amen. Clap your hands. Give God praise. Amen. Y'all did a phenomenal job ushering the presence of the Lord. We're going to celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate the musicians. Uh, Chris Clark, uh, nine pound, one ounce. Nine pounds, one ounce. Three weeks early, but the baby still came out big. Amen. Amen. So we honor you. What's, what's his name? Ace. Y'all was playing spades when y'all named that baby, huh? No, no, I like that. Ace Clark. What's the middle name? Who? Who? Gabriel. Oh, like Angel. All right, all right. Ace. AC Clark. Call him AC. Amen. And then, of course, James, his daughter was born uh, last month. Yeah, so uh, we honored them today. 
Amen. I'm excited what God has to say to us on today. I took my shoes off because I felt that the presence of the Lord was so strong. And, you know, when you come into God's presence, it's holy ground. And uh, for me, I'm going to honor him. And I'm going to preach barefooted. Amen. Hallelujah. If you didn't get your pedicure, keep your shoes on. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just waiting for his presence to settle. It's one thing for his presence to come upon you, but it's another thing when his presence settles upon you. That when you can feel the weight of his glory, where the very fibers of your being is acutely aware of his presence, the hairs on my body feels his presence right now. When his presence settles upon you, your vision becomes much clearer. You say, Apostle, you got glasses on, but I see things that you don't see right now. Because I feel his presence settling upon me. I see your hurts and your pains right now. I see your struggles and your concerns right now. Because his presence is settling. I feel stuff in this moment that you're not feeling. Why? Because I feel his presence settling. something about the presence of the Lord and this is something that is not exclusive to those who stand on the platform it's something that extends out into the pews that every opportunity you have you should allow God's presence just to settle upon you and to settle in you hallelujah I believe at this moment too because Oh, get out the way. You're trying to take me out. Amen. I feel at this moment, too, it's like one of those miracle moments where God is just going to swoop in and the thing that you have been crying and praying about, the thing that you've been asking God for, I believe in this moment it's one of those miracle moments where God is about to do something that's going to blow your mind. One person received that. One person. And because you received that, lift your hands. Father, now in the name of Jesus, let this moment, God, rush in like a mighty wind. And everything of her concern, everything that is lacking her life, God, now in the name of Jesus, manifest in abundance. The thing that has been held up, God, I declare and decree now, it's loose now in the name of Jesus. I declare life, health, and strength now coming into her body. Now peace in her mind now in the name of Jesus. Father, what was lacking and missing, God, shall lack no more. And Father, we declare in her life this day that you will have your way. Tears she have cried, God, you have bottled up and have set her aside as a memorial. She is not forgotten of you, God. And even though she feel, Lord, that you have left, you have never left nor forsaken her. Father, we pray now that you restore the worship. <laughs> Give her praise back as the fruit of her lips. And that your presence be felt evermore now in the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory. And God, we give you praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name.
Come on, celebrate with her today in Jesus' mighty name. If you're here for the first, second, or even third time on today, would you just wave at me if you would? You've never been in our worship service. Amen. Come on. Amen. Amen. Any other first, second, third timers in there? Just wave at me. Won't ask you to do nothing crazy. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate them on today. For those of you who are streaming online today, amen. We thank you for choosing us today as a place of worship. There are so many live streams that you could be a part of, but you chose Elevate Church, so that means that God has something specific to say to you today. And for those of you in the sanctuary, I want you to lean in real tight. But if you're falling asleep, don't lean too deep. You may hit your head on the front pew. Amen. But I want you to lean in today for the glory of God. Amen. Will fall in your life. In Jesus' mighty name. A couple things. We want to be lifting up the family of Brother Casey. The mother of his kids have passed away. So we're speaking comfort over their life. Uh, we're lifting up all of those of you who are in bereavement, who lost loved ones, who are mourning at this time. We're lifting you up in your family. Amen. Hallelujah. We've also started our workplace skills program. You can sign up after uh, service in the foyer. Uh, it's a program that's offering employment and tra uh, job training skills from ages 14 to 24. So uh, parents, if you have kids at the house that have nothing to do over the summer, amen, you can get them gainfully employed, trained up, amen, and uh, we'll help them find jobs during the summertime. Amen. And that job will pay them $10 an hour. Amen. Right. Parents, you ought to be shouting. Amen. $10 an hour. That's above minimum wage. Hallelujah. Y'all quiet. Amen. I'm signing up. Praise God. Amen. Give me a job. $10 an hour. Are you kidding me? I'll take that. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let's go to the word of God on today, y'all. It's still a little dryness in here. Amen. Smile at your neighbor right fast. Some of y'all ain't smiling so long that your face going to crack when you smile. Amen. Lather up with the love of God. Amen. Eh? Keep it going. huh? Amen. Wifey say keep it going. Amen. Chris say keep it going. We've been in this sermon series since resurrection entitled Restored. Restored. And I believe God has a word for you on today. If you would, all standing to your feet as we go to the word of God on this morning. That song is just still in my heart. Have your way, God. Have your way. Grab your Bible, 2 Chronicles, chapter number 5, verse number 11, as well as Romans, chapter number 8, verse number 29. Old Testament, 2 Chronicles, chapter number 5, verse number 11. Hold your finger in one. We'll begin in the other. In Romans chapter number 8, verse number 29, we'll begin as we always do with our faith confession and declaration. Amen. I would ask that you repeat these words after me loud, strong, and proud. Say it loud. Amen. Are you ready? Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. And my mind, my mind is sharp. I believe the word. Believe the, word. The, word the word is truth. It is without error. Is without error. I, believe I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. 
I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Say again, no sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Can I prophesy of your life now, Father? In the name of Jesus, I declare health and strength over this body. Hedge of protection that no disease, God, would enter into their vessels. I prophetically proclaim, God, that their immune system is heightened now. They'll fight against every bacteria, every sickness and illness in their body. For you are indeed the great physician. And Father, that they won't be healed, but they're already healed. By the blood of Jesus. Somebody shout, I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Say again, wealth and riches shall be in my house. Prophesy of your neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Talk to your other neighbor for me. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Somebody shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now shout amen. Oh, y'all sounded wonderful. Second Chronicles chapter number 5, verse number 11 is where we begin reading on today. The word of the Lord declares to us, And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. For all the priests that were present were sanctified. That all the priests were sanctified. All of them. Every last one of them was sanctified. But hear this, beloved. Sanctification is not only for those who stand on the platform. It's for those who are in the pews as well. Sanctification is just not for the priests, but it's for the people. So before you judge the preachers who fall, per se, from grace... Check your own sanctification. Yes, we ought to be examples, but we are the example that of which you ought to live out yourself. So don't judge those unless you first have judged yourself. Make sure that the splinter is out of your eyes. For the same judgment you measure out is the same judgment that is measured right back to you. Sanctification is not just for the priests, it's for the people. Because when you measure out judgment, and the degree of judgment you measure out, the same comes back to you. So if I judge you at a high standard, that means I have to live up to a high standard myself. If I judge your faults in a lengthy measure, then that same measure is judged right back to me. They all were sanctified and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers and all of them, all of them, the Levites, with their sons and their brethren, bringing away arrayed in white linen, having cymbals, psalmstries, harps, stood at the east end of the altar and with them a hundred and twenty priests. Sounding trumpets. 120. Somebody shout 120. 120. You're going to realize in a moment that 
the 120 also represents the 120 in the upper room. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endure forever. That then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord. So that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory, somebody shout the glory. glory. For the glory of the Lord. Watch, filled the house. When did it fill the house? When everybody was on one accord. When everybody was praising and singing, giving God glory, then God filled the house. That's why when it comes down to praise and worship, you should not sit on your praise. That's why when it comes down to worshiping your God, don't sit on your blessed beloved self. You ought to stand up and worship God because the moment you do, God fills the house. God's waiting for you to stand up and praise him and worship him so he can fill the house. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter number eight. Verse number 29. For whom he did not foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestine, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Somebody shall glorify me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the glory filling this house. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. A man down on his luck went to church, was catered to uppity people, sporting dirty clothes. And the deacon spotted this man. He was worried about the church image. Went to the man and asked him if he needed help. The man said, I was praying and the Lord told me to come to this church. The deacon suggests that the man go back and pray some more. And possibly he may get a different answer. The next Sunday, the man returned and the deacon asked him, did you get a different answer? The man replied, yes, I did. I told the Lord that they don't want me in that church. And the Lord laughed. And he said, don't worry about it, son. I've been trying to get into that church for years and haven't made it yet. I'll get that on the way home. <laughs> Hallelujah. A pastor went out one Saturday to visit his church members. At one house, it was obvious that someone was at home, but nobody came to the door, even though the preacher knocked several times. Finally, the preacher took out his card and wrote out Revelations 3.20 on the back of it and stuck it in the door. It read, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Revelations 3.20. The next day, the card turned up in the collection plate. Below the preacher's message was written this handwritten note following the notation, I heard your voice in the garden 
and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Amen. Y'all still didn't get it. Y'all slow this morning. Let's get to the word. Hear this. You cannot receive the crown of glory without first enduring the crown of thorns. Everybody wants the glory. And everybody wants to be adorned with the crown. But in order to get the crown of glory, we must first adorn the crown of thorns. In other words, there's a process to get to the glory of God. And it won't just so be so easily handed over to you. Now, this crown of glory is not the same crown that you would see in Revelations where the 24 elders cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus. This is a different crown. It's not a crown for you to receive in the by and by, but it's a crown that you can wear now. It's a crown, watch this, of glory. And it's this crown, watch this, when you adorn this crown, you don't worry about nobody else. Because when the glory of God comes in and sets in on your life, you're not fixed and focused on what's happening over here or there. You're only focused on the one who's standing before you. Your eyes are fixed on him, on Jesus. You're not worried about what your neighbor doing, what your neighbor had to say, what they said about you, how they're talking about you, what you lost, what you have. You're only concerned about him. A crown of glory. But you got to first... Adorn the crown of thorns. Because there's going to be some pain. He said, take up your cross and follow me. So I want to talk to you real briefly about the glory. Somebody shall show me your glory. There's an account in 1 Samuel chapter number 4, verse number 21. It says, she named the child Ichabod. Vod, Ichabod saying, the glory has departed from Israel because the capture of the ark of God and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband, speaking of Phinehas and Eli. She said, the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been captured. Let me give you a backdrop of what's going on. Eli is one of the chief priests in the Lord's tabernacle. He has two sons. Somebody shout two. He has two sons. These two sons are PKs. They're preacher kids. And they also are servants in the house of God. And these two preacher kids are now living up to the call of which they were called to. They, they, they did some unruly stuff in the house of God. One of which they, they, were, um, they were sleeping with the women who were serving in the house of God. The women who came to serve, they would sleep with the women. Now, Phinehas was married. So not only is he fornicating, but he's, he's committing adultery. Now, before you judge them for sleeping or doing that very act of fornication, Jesus cleared it up in the Gospels. He said, you have heard this, that a man should not commit adultery. But I say unto you, if a man looks at a woman... He has already committed adultery in his heart. So the egregious sin that they have committed, some of us are committing it in church every time we come. Because we're looking for the brick house in church. We're not coming for the word, we're coming for the woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before I just rest on picking with the men, some of y'all didn't come for the manna. You came for the man. 
Oh, I'm going to find my man in church. You better go find Jesus. Because if you find Jesus, then the one who is looking for you will find you. Y'all cried up in the air. It says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Can I help y'all, single ladies? A man is not looking for a woman. He's looking for a wife. Because a man can find a woman on any corner. But a man needs to find a wife. So many women are coming looking for a man. You should be coming to get the manna, the word. And as you're getting the manna, the man will find you. Yeah. Amen. Okay, okay. So they were sleeping with the women. And Phineas, his wife, is pregnant. And during her labor, she hears that the Ark of the Covenant is captured. And so much stress comes on her body that she dies during child labor birth. Now, many theologians believe that she died because of the stress or the distress on her body from hearing that her husband died. But really it was the fact that she makes this declaration that the glory of God has departed. Let's us know that it had more to do with not her husband or her father-in-law dying, but the fact that she lost the glory of God. Her body was so much in ache and pain and stress, she died from labor. But before she dies, she makes this declaration. She names her child Ichabod, which simply means no more glory. No more glory. There is no glory, or better yet, departed glory. So it wasn't her husband that she was grieving over. She was grieving over the fact that God's presence was no longer there. In other words, she said, I'd rather die than not live with the presence of God. Oh, if the church would get back to where we reverence the presence of God, that I'd rather not have breath in my body if I cannot be in the presence of God. That if God is not here, I don't want to be there. If God is not present, then I don't want to be present. I only want to be where God is. The glory has faded away. Oh, but listen, there are many churches today where the glory has been lifted. Why? Because we have lifted man instead of lifting up the man of Christ. There are many people who honor and celebrate the man or the woman of God more than they celebrate Jesus. That they'll come into the building if their favorite preacher is not on, in the pulpit preaching, that they'll turn out and walk right out the door. That if you have a guest speaker and it's not your speaker of the hour, the one you choose, your preference, you stay at home. Hallelujah. Oh, apostles not preaching today? I'm going to stay at home and watch it on TV. Hallelujah. Oh, bishop so-and-so not preaching today? I'm going to find somebody else. I'm, this is a good day for me to visit another church. Oh, I'm coming down your road in a second. You know, uh, Apostles on vacation? Well, we're going to visit and go see somebody else. You know, so, so the glory has lifted, watch, not so much for what the, the preacher has done, but more so for what the people wants, for your desires. Because you desire something other than what God desires for you. Y'all strangely quiet right now. I won't drill down too deep on you today, but somebody shall restore the glory. 
So she names her son Ichabod, which means that the glory has departed from the people. Now listen, the text gives us a backdrop of Eli's sons. They were PKs. They were preacher kids, but the Bible calls them scoundrels. You don't believe me? Look at 1 Samuel chapter number 2, verse number 12. Eli's sons were scoundrels. <laughs> they had no regard for the Lord. Now it was the practice of the priest that whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled. And when he would plunge the fork into the pan or, or kettle or cauldron or pot, whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. But then before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast, for he won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. I told the earlier service, I won't mess with them about eating raw food, but really it was against the customs of God to eat raw food. Amen. That's just a little nugget for you sushi eaters. Amen. I'll just leave that right there. Amen. I'm going to get a lot of emails about that one, sis. Why are you messing with sushi? I like my sushi. Amen. You get your meat rare instead of well done. I'll leave it alone. So here it is. The glory departed and it lifted. Why did, did, why did it lift? Here's the reason why. We see it in the life of Phinehas and Hophni, which is his brother. Number one, they dishonored the sacrifice. They dishonored the sacrifice. Take notes today. They dishonored the sacrifices. Number two, they dishonored God's ways because God had a set way of which sacrifices were to be taken in. They dishonored the sacrifice and they dishonored God's ways. But not only that, we see in 1 Samuel chapter number 4, we see how they went out to fight with the Philistines. I'll take up in verse number 12, uh, verse number 9. Let's start there. Be strong, Philistines, be men, or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought and the Israelites were defeated. And every man fled to his tent. And the slaughter was very great. Israel, Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. Underline 30,000 in your Bible or take note of 30,000. Foot soldiers were lost. And verse number 11 says, And the ark of God was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. What happened was the Philistines were coming to be at war with them, and Hophni and Phinehas is serving in the temple of God, so they take the ark of the covenant with them into war. They take the Ark of the Covenant with them into war. Now you would figure if I'm taking the Ark represents God's presence. If I'm taking God with me into war, surely I should be guaranteed a victory. If I take God with me into war, I should be guaranteed that I will come out victorious. But they took a holy thing into a fight with unholy hands. Ah, 
God. See, some of us are, we're bringing our crosses and our crucifixions and we're saying, God, I'm sure I'm going to have the victory. We got our t-shirts on. I'm a Jesus lover. Surely I'm going to have a victory. I bring my Bible everywhere I go, so surely I should have victory. But you got to ask yourself, if I'm bringing a holy thing with unholy hands. See, church has become a relic. And we think because we show up in church that God's going to show up wherever we go. Oh, he is going to show up, but he's not going to show up on your behalf. Uh, somebody shout, set the record straight. So the presence of God went with them in battle, but God didn't battle before them. He didn't fight on their behalf. Because when you bring a holy thing with unholy hands, then the holy one himself has to stand back. Because it's no longer his doing, now it's your own doing. So the thing God was supposed to fight for you for, he just stands back and watches. He's waiting for an invitation for you to invite the glory back into your life so he can now fight on your behalf. Somebody shout amen. amen. You know, it's okay for you to say amen to some of this stuff because some of y'all need to say amen anyway. Whether you agree or disagree. So not only did they dishonor the sacrifice and they dishonor God's ways, but they also dishonor God's presence. The Ark of the Covenant represents God's favor and blessings. The Ark of the Covenant or the glory of God represents God's favor and his blessings. So when God's glory come upon your life, God sends down or sends with you favor and blessings. Somebody shall restore the glory. That when God's glory is on your life, the blessings of God is now made available unto you. The favor of God now goes with you. You'll go places, and because God's glory has been restored in your life, there are things that you will have access to that you normally don't have access to. There'll be doors open unto you that would not be un or unlocked for you because you didn't have the glory of God. But when the glory of God comes on you, it's like an electronic door. You ever went to the grocery store and you walked up to the door and the door just slides open? When the glory of God is on you like that, the doors that'll be locked, you just walk up and the doors just go, shoot. There'll be things that you're asking and seeking God for that, watch, it'll just drop right there. And you'll be like, wow, God, how did that happen? I have a catering business and need a building. And then all of a sudden, somebody come up and say, hey, listen, you know, we're about to move out of the country and uh, we got this building. It's already fully equipped and everything. And uh, we don't want any money for it. We just want you to take over it. Y'all quiet. That's when the glory is on your life. You'll walk into interviews for jobs that you're not even qualified for. That's because the glory of God is on your life. I've heard so many testimonies of people sitting down in front of people uh, who were doing hiring. They had no skill set whatsoever for the job, but they applied anyway. And the boss says, I don't know, it's just something about you. I heard testimonies over and over again. It's just something about, I don't know what it is about you, but I just know I need to hire you. That's when the glory of God is on your life. You don't have to boast. You don't have to brag. You just walk in the presence of God. Amen. Somebody shall restore the glory. You don't have sickness 
on your body, but when the glory comes, the glory reveals healing to your body. You'll have a troubled mind, and your mind will be sporadic and chaotic, and the glory of God will come on you and just feel peace. Somebody shall restore the glory. You'll have lack in your house, and the glory of God will come and provision to be made. Somebody shall restore the glory. So the glory represents God's favor and his blessings. It also represents death and sacrifice. Because every time God's glory shows up, something dies. Every time the glory of God falls down, something dies. And when the glory of God shows up, God also respect, he, he expects a sacrifice. Somebody shouts, something has to die. Because no man, no flesh will glory in the presence of God. So when God's glory show up, you know who has to die first? You know who has to die first? Come on, just wave your hand like that. Now look, before you look at your neighbor, just point to yourself. Do like this. Your flesh got to die in the presence of God. That's the first thing that got to die. Your flesh got to die in the presence. Because no flesh shall boast in the glory of God. So the first death that takes place is the death to self. And then there has to be a sacrifice. The glory also represents God's presence. Somebody shall restore the glory. So when Jesus resurrected from the tomb, he resurrected for more than just a showing or a display. He resurrected so that the glory could be restored. Somebody shout, restore the glory. So when Jesus came up out of the grave, we see in Matthew, amen, I feel so far, I had to come down to y'all, amen. Verse number 13, uh, we'll start in verse number 1 of Matthew chapter number 17. It says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain themselves. And it says, there was a transfigured, there he transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah. Talking with Jesus. Oh, God. Can I give you revelation? Moses and Elijah. Can I say it this way? I didn't say it in the first service, but one represents the old covenant and the other one represents the new covenant. And Jesus is the mediator that ties them both together. Moses represents the apostolic anointing who set order in the church. Elijah, of course, represents the prophetic voice that God is speaking to the church. Moses steps up to bring order. Elijah steps up to speak what God said. And Jesus is the Holy Spirit that interprets it all. Hallelujah. And it says, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright light covered them and a voice from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Watch this. Listen to him. I'm going to say that again. 
listen. A lot of times we talk when we should be listening. A lot of times we come into God's presence and we're saying more than what we're hearing. A lot of times we come and we tell God all of our issues, but we never stop to listen to the resolution to the issue. Tell your neighbor, just listen. Tell your neighbor, listen, Linda, listen, Linda. You know, it's amazing God gave you two ears and one mouth. So you should be listening more than you're speaking. And he says, listen to my son, the one I love. See, for the glory of God to manifest in your life, you got to be first willing to listen. you got to be first willing to listen. Because it's in the listening that the manifestation of God's glory falls in your life. Tell your neighbor again, listen. So he said, listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Do not be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. And as they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure Elijah comes and will what? He'll restore what? He's coming to restore the glory. God is looking to fill the earth with his glory. And watch what happens. But I tell you, Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him. But I have done to him everything they wished. And in the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking about. Thank you for the shout. I appreciate that. Amen. The disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. Can I tell you something? Don't speak when you're supposed to be listening. We mess up moments with God because we say too much. Talking loud ain't saying nothing. I think that was a song, huh? Talking loud ain't saying nothing. You have to be more attentive to what God is saying. Because watch, if you speak when you're supposed to be listening, then you won't see what God has said. I'm going to say that again because you missed it. If you speak when you're supposed to be listening, then you won't see what God has said because you didn't hear what God said. So God will speak a thing for it to manifest, but you'll miss it because you didn't hear it. So now the thing God wants to manifest in your life will be right there before you and you'll miss it. The blessing and the promise that God has for you will be right there and you'll miss it. Why? Because you missed the instructions. You missed what God was saying in that moment. Tell your neighbor, just be quiet. Just be quiet. Just, just be quiet. Just tell your neighbor, shh. Just be, be quiet. Peter stepped up to say something when he should have been listening to something. He, he's sitting up there talking about setting up a monument for this monumental occasion, but he missed the moment of what God was saying. This is my son. Listen to him. Hear what he has to say. Because it's in the hearing that a manifestation of his glory will happen in your life. 
Some of you right now, you have missed glorious moments in God because you weren't listening. You missed glorious moments in God because you weren't listening. Healing was supposed to manifest in your life a long time ago, but you weren't listening. You spent more time complaining about the sickness than the time of listening to God in his presence. Somebody shall restore the glory. And while they were speaking, bright light had shone. Jesus was in his glorified body. Somebody shall glorify me. So God's trying to reveal or to restore his glory. So how do we get the glory back? Number one, you got to respond. You got to respond. That when God calls, you have to respond. It's a call and response. When God calls, you respond. That's how you start. It starts with a response. When God calls, you respond. Number two is you have to release. Tell your neighbor, let it go. You got to let it go because you're trying to hold on to some natural things instead of receiving some spiritual things. You got to let it go. Tell your neighbor, let it go. You got to release. You're holding on to some weight that you shouldn't be holding on to. There's some hurts, some pains, some bitterness, some unforgiveness that you're holding on to. And in order for the glory of God to be revealed or manifest in your life, you've got to let go of natural things so God can impart spiritual things. Amen. Somebody shout, let it go. You've got to release that because if you don't release that, the next thing is you won't receive it. How can you gain what God has for you if you're still holding on to the things of the past? Mary meets Jesus at the tomb, and she tries to hold on to Jesus. And Jesus said, don't hold on to me yet. Don't hold on, let me go, because I have not yet ascended to my father. She was trying to hold on to the natural man, but she missed out she was about to receive a supernatural man. She was holding on to a physical man, but he was about to return as a spiritual man. That, that, that watch, she didn't have to carry in a physical sense, but she can carry spiritually. Hallelujah. Somebody shall let it go. You got to release it. But the last thing is where many of us don't ever get to the place of. We respond. We release. We receive, but the last thing is we got to run. We got to run. You got to run. Take your neighbor, you got to run. Mary at that moment, when the glory of God was revealed to her in that moment, she sees Jesus in his glorified body. She runs and tells the disciples. She runs and tells the disciples. Many church folk don't get to this place. They respond to the altar call. They release some hurts, some past, and some pains. They receive the power of the Holy Ghost. But they don't go and run and tell nobody. Tell you, neighbor, go run and tell that. You ought to be a witness and a testimony. And to tell people the goodness and the glory of God that has been made manifest in your life. See, right now, the church should be packed out from, from Green World Springs Road all the way up to Zachary, all the way down to... All the churches in the city should be packed. You know why? Because the believers who received and the believers who responded and the believers who released should be running telling somebody. But yes, well, we hoard the blessings and the glory of God for ourselves. We come into the church house and we're like, oh, God, show me your glory. 
But God don't just reveal his glory so you can see it. But he reveals his glory so that you can run and deliver it to somebody else. Somebody shall restore the glory. And today God wants us to be glory carriers. That everywhere you go, you carry the glory with you. You know what happened when they showed up to arrest Jesus? The Bible says that when he said that it is I, they fell back on their backs. The Roman soldiers. You know why? Because when he said I am he, he was releasing his glory. And they couldn't even stand in his glory. Oh, just imagine everywhere you go, you carry the glory of God with you. That demons will tremble and flee. Why? Because you showed up carrying his glory. That the demonic spirits on your job that has been frustrating you and vexing you got you at the brink and the point of ready to quit. That when you walk in, you carry the glory of God with you. That the whole atmosphere changes and shifts. That disgruntled, unruly, surly co-worker that always have something nasty to say never speaks to you all of a sudden you walk in the building and say hey how you doing I got your Starbucks <laughs> you know you're going to just test it first to make sure she ain't pausing it <laughs> but that's what the glory of God will do the glory of God comes to shift atmospheres the glory of God comes to transform hearts and you as a glory carrier have the auspicious pleasure of being a vessel of honor to carry his presence wherever you go. Ooh, God. You have the honor of carrying God's presence. You know Mary, the mother of Jesus, was the only one ever in the history to carry her baby twice. <laughs> I'm going to say that again because y'all missed it. She got to carry her baby twice. Angels came and said, Mary, you shall be impregnated with a child. His name is Jesus. Y'all remember that? The presence and the glory of God was so strong in her belly that when she met her cousin Elizabeth at the door, that the baby in Elizabeth's belly leaped. Why? Because of the glory of God she was carrying. But then, remember I told you, that there was 120 priests that were sanctified before the glory, the Ichabod departed. It was 120 priests. Well, Mary was in the upper room with 120 people. Mary was included in the 120. And watch, the 120 in the Old Testament was on one accord in unison, praising God. And the glory of God filled the house. Fast forward over 200 plus years. And now they're in the upper room. 120 shows up on one accord in unison. And the spirit of God fills y'all quiet up in this place. The spirit of God fills the house. And everybody is filled. Mary is part of 120. And she's filled with his presence. Watch this a second time. The only woman that got to carry her baby twice. She is filled yet again. And watch. 30,000. 30,000 
died because unholy men touched a holy thing. 30,000 died. But on the day of Pentecost, which we're now 28 days approaching, 3,000 was added to the church. When? When the glory of God filled the tabernacle. See, there's death when we mistreat the glory of God. But when we honor God's presence, there's life. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? We believe in God that his glory be restored in the house on today. I believe that there are those who are here today. There are some Ichabods. The glory has departed. It's not that you're a bad person. It's just that, like so many, knowingly and unknowingly, have mishandled or mistreated the presence of God. We come into church any old kind of way. We handle God's presence any old kind of way. We, we just do things any old kind of way without seeking after God's wisdom, God's approval. We just do it like Burger King. We're just trying to have it our way. And now it's Ichabod. The glory of God has been lifted. But today the Kabod, the glory is being restored. There are those of you here today. You to make a fresh commitment to the things of God. There are those of you who have not responded to the call of God in the pardon of your sins, have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need to respond today. Then there are those of you who have strayed away, backslidden. You need to get your life right with Him today. I'm going to pray in a second, after which I want you to respond. Father, now in the name of Jesus, for everyone that's in this house, I pray now that you begin to search their hearts. God, you know every fiber of their being, the depths of their soul. You know their comings, their goings. You know their ins and their outs. And Father, I pray now, God, that your light will shine down upon them. And that you, Lord God, will tug them out of darkness and provoke them to walk in your marvelous light. Let the glory of God be revealed in this house. Shake up the fatal ground. Break up the hearts. So that God, that you can rest within them. Today, if that's you, in the part of your sins, you want to make a confession today that Jesus is Lord of your life. Or maybe you're backslidden and today you want to get it right. And I make a third plea to you today as well. Maybe you love God with all your heart, but you have just strayed away. But you want to go deeper. You want a greater walk and a greater revelation of God's love in your life. If you would respond to one of those three pleas today, would you just simply slip your hand in the air? If that's you, I see you, I see you. I believe there's others today that needs to make a confession. If that's you, would you slip your hand in the air? Any others? Saints should be praying. I see you over there. Are there any others today? Can we get cards in their hands for all the hands that are lifted? If you lifted your hand, keep your hand lifted until a card is placed in your hand right now. We have some on this side. Anyone else today? Anyone else? 
Thank you, Father. God, we give you praise. God, we give you glory. God, we honor you now in the name of Jesus. Come on, saints, be praying. I believe there's at least one other today that would say today is the day I need to get it right. I won't leave this place until I'm sure that my salvation is secured in him. Maybe that's you. Maybe you have questions of your salvation. Because you've done some things and now you're questioning it. Does God still love me? Am I still saved? So if there's a spirit of doubt in your heart, if that's you today, lift your hand. I want to pray with you. Any others? Thank you, Father. I make one last appeal to you today. Maybe you're here today. You don't have a church home, but you felt the Spirit of God tugging you to connect with Elevate Church today. You don't have a home, church home, church body that you're connected to. want to connect you today. If that's you today, would you slip your hand in the air? Amen. A reoccurring visitor. You've been coming over and over again, and God is tugging in your heart today to finally connect. If that's you, lift your hand in there. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. For our online viewers today, there's a number at the bottom of the screen. If you're making a decision, call that number. We have intercessors waiting to pray and to celebrate with you for the decision that you're making today. You can also leave us an email at prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. If you're looking to connect with us, there's a number there as well. Text the word JOIN to the number on the screen for our online guests today. You also can simply let us know in the box, comment box below by doing hashtag save me if you're making a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus today. Let's clap our hands and give God some praise and some glory in this house on today. Come on, do better than that. Clap your hands and give God some glory. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. We love you guys. We're going to see you guys for our Tuesday night Bible study. Uh, so many great things are happening at Elevate Church. And uh, if you have not yet downloaded our church app, do so so you can be a part of all the great things that are going on. God bless you and God keep you. In Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you for your presence, Lord God. We thank you for allowing us to be here, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for covering and keeping us, Father. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray that you would be a hedge of protection around us, Lord God, as we go out, Lord God, and do your will, Lord God what you've called us to do in the earth lord god in jesus name we pray amen amen